Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. Welcome to a Friday game week. You know it goes down on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Your boy Q. I am out and about right now. I'm at Buffalo Wild Wings at the Miracle Mile. It is Harmon in Las Vegas Boulevard. You can't really miss us. Come on out here. Hang out with us. We have plenty of uh, prizes that we're going to give you. Got a lot of stuff stacked up on the table here inside of Buffalo Wild Wings. And again, the Miracle Mile Mall. And I'll say this. It wasn't a Miracle Mile. It was like a country mile that I felt like I had to walk to get here. But I'm here. And we're here to make it happen, and uh, we're here with you. And my man, Demond Cotton, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And, again, I'll be here for you with the next three hours on this Friday. There's a happy hour going to go on around 3 o'clock, so you want to come and get some specials uh, as you get ready for, uh, for this weekend and even this evening. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings right here, uh, Harmon and Las Vegas Boulevard is the spot to be. So come on by here. Again, we're going to get you hooked up. Uh, very excited about today's shows. I'm very excited about every show. I uh, have a lot of good guests coming up on the show today. Arnie Stapleton from the AP. We met to connect with Arnie just the other day to talk a little Denver Broncos. And uh, he wasn't available. He had some breaking news that happened. So uh, we had to double down and get him today. So Arnie Stapleton from the AP in Denver will join us at 2.30 to give us the final preview of the week, kind of go over the injury report as far as the Denver Broncos go as they prepare to be here in town and taking on the Raiders on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Then at 3 o'clock, I was real fortunate this morning, I was able to be a part of Up and Adams. That's Kay Adams' show. Uh, she used to be on NFL Network. Good Morning Football does a fantastic job. She's a very smart and sharp football mind. She has her own show now on FanDuel TV, and uh, she had reached out to me the other day, earlier this week, and wanted to have me on to talk a little Raider football, and then we just kind of disconnected for a couple days and weren't able to make it happen, and then all of a sudden her producer hit me up and said, hey, can we get you Friday morning? So this morning around 8 o'clock, I had an opportunity to join the Up and Adams show uh, from Kay Adams, and so talking a little bit of Raider football. So you'll hear that conversation coming up at 3 o'clock. Really proud of that, uh, to have that opportunity again. Kay Adams is someone that's very sharp when it comes to NFL and uh, used to be a part of Good Morning Football on the NFL Network. So you'll hear that conversation. It's about six or seven minutes. You'll hear that coming up at 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30, Deontay Lee from The Athletic, he'll join us to talk about NFL defenses, and in particular, passing defenses. And he's a guy who, uh, one, is a football coach, uh, and he's been obviously covering the game and following the game and being a part of the game for a very long time. We've had him on the show multiple times to talk about different schemes, different you know, rhyme or reason to defenses, offenses. And, you know, DeMond brought up earlier this week that he actually joined our show during the summer and said, you know, this is what Patrick Graham wants to do, but this is what I think Patrick Graham is going to do to start things off. And so uh, we're going to talk about the piece that he put out about passing offenses and how it's evolved over the years. But we'll also talk about, you know, we'll also talk about what we think or what he thinks uh, Patrick Graham's defense is going to be moving forward as he has the certain pieces that he has and does he have all the players that he needs to run his defense the way he wants to, particularly in the secondary. So Deontay Lee, I'm very excited about talking to him coming up at 3.30 again. He's from The Athletic at 4 o'clock. Our good friend Faven K joins the show for the first time this season from Fox 5. She does the morning show, uh, does a hell of a job each and every morning. But uh, she's a big-time Raider fan. You know, she's always at every single home game. She has some custom jerseys right now. She has her uh, Faven K jersey, but then she also has a Sandra Douglas Morgan jersey. So uh, we're going to talk to her about, you know, just the, the upcoming – or not the upcoming season, the season that's going on right now. going to talk about the se- – 
talk about the season that's going on right now and you know what, uh, what the Raiders need to do to get a, a W and everything that's going on at Allegiant Stadium and uh, excited and, and pumped up to have the fan base back in Allegiant Stadium. So Faven K will join us at 4 o'clock at 4.30. Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. He joins us each and every Friday to talk about the betting line side of things, and uh, he'll join us at 4.30. So as you can tell, we have a very loaded show today. Uh, we also want to hear from you throughout the course of the show at 702-365-9200. And the Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. And as I said, we're at Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, uh, the Miracle Mile Mall, you can you, you park in there as I did. Uh, it's right there on the corner of Las Vegas Boulevard in Harmon. Really can't miss it too much. Just come on out here, hang out. There's a lot of open seats. There's a lot of great TVs. I'm up here watching something that, DeMond, you'd be very interested in right now. On the TV in front of me, ESPN2, and it's Max on Boxing. And so I know that the fight game is your thing. Uh, and they have Shakur Stevenson right now, matter of fact, talking to uh, Max. And so that's something that would be up your alley. But there's all kind of different action on TV. Ramona Shelburne from ESPN is on one TV. There's some hockey on another TV, some hoops on another TV. That's the, the point of it. There's so many TVs, so much to choose from. And, of course, it's a great sports atmosphere. It's a great atmosphere for a Friday. So we definitely want you to come on by, hang out with us. My man Brian's been hooked up all kind of stuff here on the table. So you can just walk by and just pick something up, and, 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 and it's yours. As simple as that. You know, you don't have to jump through hoops. We do have some drawings that you can do as well. But for the most part, man, you can just come by and, and get a prize, say what's up, shake our hands, and, you know, get you something to eat and, and hang out with your buddies. <laughs> it's simple. It's a Friday. Who wants to get out of – who wants to be at work, right? What do they say around here, uh, Damon? It's Friday. That's what they say on the news every morning. It's Friday. So uh, there you go, man. <laughs> it's Friday. I'm, I'm out in the streets, so what could go wrong? <laughs> That's all I got to say. What could go wrong? Me out in the streets on a Friday. So, you know, we start things off on Monday in the streets, and we end the week on Friday in the streets. And so, Damon, I got to ask off top before we really get into the teeth of the show. Did you get your special delivery food today? Oh, yes, I did. It wow. was the best part of walking in today. The meal was. Okay, Burgers so describe, describe to me what you got. I guess, I guess we've all of a sudden turned into foodies. Every day we start the show talking about some food. So what, do you, what did you have today? Today it was, you know, a simple but a classic, you know. Can't go wrong. Burgers and fries. Oh, okay. And okay. And that's all you really need. I mean, the, but, but it was like the mini sliders. So yeah. you feel like you can just eat as many as you want and not get full because it's not a, you know, a big burger. So a slider and fries and uh, also a salad. And the pie today was, I know that you had an issue with Reese's earlier, yeah, but not yeah, yeah. so much even a Reese's. It was the pie form of like a peanut butter cup blizzard that you could get I from Dairy had Queen. That. Last week on Friday, I had it. wasn't It didn't have ice cream, though. No, but, but it I was mean, like, just like that's what it yeah. felt like in yeah, a pie yeah. version. Yeah, I took a, the first yes. bite. It was so much, so much cream. And then you're like, is this going to yes. be good? So much peanut butter and chocolate. But that first bite was who? Oh, I yeah. was wrong. Once, yes. No. Once I had that first bite last Friday night, it was a wrap. I, was, I thought I was going to get it to share, and I didn't share anything. It was all me the rest of the time. So uh, I think everything that I've been eating lately has uh, had something to do with uh, everything that's going on with me and made me a little <laughs> weird, but that's okay. Uh, at least you got something really good. Well, go ahead and shout out, man. Shout out to folks that, that gave you the nice uh, lunch this afternoon. Joe Seafood, Stone Crab, and Steak. I mean, these guys, they hook it up every Friday. And as I said, man, earlier in the week, it's going to be the Friday before home game so i'm excited about every home game now so you're like good Q, get out on the road do your thing and let me get all the good food here yeah exactly like every friday before home game is like yeah buddy 
Come on, <laughs> let's go. You know what well, day it is. Right, right. Well, the good thing is I'm here at Buffalo Wild Wings, so that's great. So I got my own location. I said that we had a lot of prizes here on the table, right? That was before I saw my man just roll in with a big old box of Raider goodies. So now not only do we have a bunch of goodies on the table, but now we have a whole box of Raider goodies, including a, a 21 jersey. Turn that around, Brian. Let me see who's on the back of that thing. Coors Light, boom, there you go. 21 Coors Light jersey. They got all kind of hookup for you. So shout out to Coors Light for coming through like the first of the month. Uh, and that is tomorrow. And, of course, a uh, shout out and prayers to all the uh, 1 October uh, folks that were around and, and know about everything that went on, the tragedy that happened here in Las Vegas. Uh, don't ever want to uh, make light of that because that was one hell of a situation. And uh, always the prayers and thoughts will always be with the uh, the folks that were affected by that. So, um, and unfortunately, that's tomorrow. But uh, today we do have a bunch of prizes that we're going to be giving out here at Buffalo Wild Wings. So DeMond got hooked up in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. So don't nobody feel bad for him not getting out of the studio. He's good. He's well taken care of. And I'm here at B-Dubs, and I'm well taken care of too. So if he's good and I'm good, all we got to do is make sure that you're good. So to make you good, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. On Fridays, you know I like to talk about the keys to the game, what the Raiders are going to have to do to come away with the victory. They're sitting there at 0-3. This is a game that I do believe is a must-win for the Silver and Black. You just can't lose and go 0-4 and then know that you're having to travel to Kansas City for a Monday night football game uh, right before you go on the bye. So I think that if anything is as close to a must-win as, as, as it could be, it's this game. I've been saying that all day. I've done multiple radio hits. I've done the, the K Adams show hit. I mean, I've done all kinds of different hits all day today, and that's really been the theme that I've been talking about is – you know, that they've got to find a way to get the, get the results and get a W. Uh, and so head coach Josh McDaniels, he talked earlier today. We'll actually hear a little bit from him throughout the course of the show as well. But I wanted to go over the injury report real quick because uh, there's a couple guys that are notable that are already ruled out. One, Hunter Renfro, dealing with a concussion. He hasn't played since that Cardinals game, since he got hit at the last play of the game, fumbled, and ultimately uh, the Cardinals picked up the ball, took it to the house, scored a touchdown. He's been out since then. Uh, that looked like a pretty – Bad hit. You know, it looked like a pretty bad concussion. Obviously, I can't, uh, uh, I can't evaluate levels of concussions, and especially after uh, last night with uh, what happened with Tua Tagovailoa with the Thursday night football and the Miami Dolphins and that situation. I don't think anyone should really speculate on concussions, but uh, obviously it's something that has to be taken very seriously. Right? Andre James hasn't played since the first, uh, first game of the season when he suffered a concussion on the last play of the game. And so that's two players back-to-back -back weeks that actually suffered a concussion on the last play of the game. You know, Andre James and then Hunter Renfro uh, the following week against the Cardinals. So looks like Andre James is going to play, which is a good thing. But Hunter Renfro is out still dealing with that, uh, that, um, that concussion. And, again, you just have to take your time and you have to get back. You can't rush that. Those are things that you just can't rush. you got to come back when you're able to come back. So Hunter Renfro will not be a participant on Sunday. And this other one is a pretty big deal, in my opinion. We talked about it a couple times so far this week. Tight end Foster Morrow. And I know that we've always called him Foster Moreau, and I get caught up in saying that quite a bit. And I always say, hey, uh, you know, whatever you want to call him, because that's kind of what he says. But I know his name is Foster Morrow, so i got to get in the habit of calling him that. So Foster Morrow, dealing with a knee injury, did not participate Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, and is out for Sunday. And I think that is a big deal. I really do. I think that that is a big loss 
for the Raiders offense. So uh, those are really the big, the biggest keys as far as I'm concerned when it comes to the injury report for the silver and black. When you look at Denver, the guys that are out, and I really need to make this a little bit bigger. <laughs> I'm looking. I tweeted it out, and now all of a I'm trying to look at it, and it's and the, the the print is small. Uh, Tyree Cleveland, the wide receiver, dealing with a hamstring injury. He is officially out. Outside linebacker Jonathan Cooper, hamstring injury. He's officially out. Darius Phillips, remember he was in camp with the Raiders, cornerback, hamstring injury. He is out. And Billy Turner, offensive lineman, hasn't played a snap all season long. He is out. And then Quinn Miners, guard center, hamstring injury. He's out. I think that's a big deal as well. So they obviously have more guys out than the Raiders, but the guys that the Raiders have out in Hunter Renfro and Foster Morrow, I do believe, are a big deal. So uh, I just wanted to go over the injury report with you real quick, but I want to get into the conversation. I want to get into the conversation of what the keys to victory are going to be. What is it going to take? And we'll talk to Arnie Stapleton, who covers the Denver Broncos. We'll talk to him at 2.30. But what is it going to take for the Silver and Black to pick up their first victory of the 2022 season? I, I do this every Friday on my podcast as well. And one of my biggest keys, Damon, is they've got to be solid on first down. First down is something that Josh McDaniels pointed out to us earlier this week, and I have ridden that to the wheels fall off ever since then because I think that's a big deal. If they're so successful as a defense on first down and all of a sudden you're in a second and long or third and long situation, that's going to be a problem, especially with we know that the offensive line is a little suspect. I think that they did pretty good last, last week with the changes that they had with Alex Bars at the left guard position and Jermaine Illuminor at the right guard, but it's still not where it needs to be. It's not 100% yet, and I believe there will be more changes this week with uh, Andre James coming back. I think Dylan Parham will probably slide over to the left guard position, but – they, they're not exactly, you know, a solid unit. So I think that they've got to make sure that they don't put the Raiders offense behind the chains. They've got to be able to be successful. Josh McDaniels has to be able to push the right buttons offensively to get them in a good position on first down where they pick up four or five yards. And then they, they have – once you pick up four or five yards on first down, I know it's not going to happen every time. That's a pipe dream. But if you do that more times than not, then your playbook opens. It expands. You can do so many more things off of second and five, second and six, as opposed to second and ten. Then they know, okay, they're in pass mode. Then they got to pin their ears back and, and, and go. And they have, what, nine sacks on the season and six or seven forced fumbles already? And that's not a good recipe for Derek Carr. You know, that's just it's, – it's just there's no other way to put it. I'm not trying to bash the guy, but we know that when – when push comes to shove and that pocket starts to collapse and guys get around him, start swiping at the ball, there's times that he drops the ball. He puts it on the ground. There's no mistake in that. So the key is keeping those guys, those edge rushers, off of Derek Carr and allowing him to, to possess the ball and not fumble the ball. So how to do that? Got to stay out of, uh, out of second and long and third and long. If, if they stay in second and third long throughout the course of the, the game, it's going to be a very long day in my opinion. So that's one of the biggest keys offensively for me. Defensively, They've got to find a way to get a pass rush. They've just got to generate a pass rush, and I feel like I've been saying that for years. I really have. I feel like I've been pounding the table about got to get pressure on the quarterback, got to get pressure on the quarterback. I know that Max Crosby's out there doing his thing. I mean, I, I do. I know he's living in opponents' backfields, but someone else has got to join the party. He can't be the Lone Ranger, man. He's got to have company, and right now he's not. he doesn't have company, right? I mean, I was, when I was talking to Kay Adams today, she said, you got Chandler Jones and you got Max Crosby, and how many sacks do you have? And I, I thought she was just talking about Chandler Jones, so I said, well, zero. And she's like, well, no, you got two. And I said, okay, well, two. <laughs> that's, that's still not enough, right? You play three games and only have two total sacks on the season? That's not enough. And pressures are great. You know, I know there's so many arguments about, hey, get pressure, get pressure, get pressure. Man, you've got to get sacks. You've got to get sacks. 
And I'm not looking just at Max. I'm looking at Chandler. I'm looking at Andrew Billings from the, you know, the interior, Jonathan Hankins. Everyone along that defensive line has got to find a way to make Russell Wilson's life uncomfortable. He is a guy who can be mobile. He is a guy who can run around the yard. He's not Kyler Murray. He's not going to do that. Really, Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos have really slowed him down from doing that anyway. But he could still move the pocket and keep plays alive. You know, when it comes down to, to you know, the, the, the money downs, when it comes down to keeping drives alive, he'll do that. He'll get out of the pocket and make some moves. So this Raiders defensive line has to be on point. The secondary, you know, it's going to be some questions in the secondary, but they'll, they'll obviously have to do the best that they can. So uh, we'd love to hear from you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200, and Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Want to get your keys to the game. What do you think is it going to take for the Raiders to come away with the victory on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium versus 2-1 and one Broncos, pick up their first victory of the season. Got a text from Rob in Oakland. Uh, he wants to talk about the Tua situation. He said, our central nervous system includes the brain and spinal cord. Our outrage is based on what we saw happen to Tua's head and then what happened to his gait and fingers. Concussion protocols focus on brain injuries that produce those symptoms. That's why the assessment includes other brain functions like recall and processing. However, the spinal cord can also suffer concussions, mostly if the individual has a narrow a narrowed spinal uh, canal or instability of the spine. If Tua is suffering spinal cord concussions and not brain concussions, this will explain how he passes the protocol, and yet his symptoms look so scary. Uh, great breakdown from Rob in Oakland. Uh, that's way too uh, medical term technical for me. I don't know, uh, you know, half of, the, half of the stuff that you talked about in there, but I get it, right? And I know that I was listening to Chris Canty earlier, who's, you know, was an 11-year vet in the NFL, and he was talking about the situation. He said, look, it has to do – the concussion protocol has to do with the head, but it also, the back is included in that. And he said, and I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I think the spinal cord definitely is included in that if the back is included in that. So uh, there's so many questions, and like I said, I don't want to speculate because I'm not a medical expert. I don't know what the protocols are like. I just don't. Um, but it just didn't look good, and it hasn't looked good. It didn't look good on Sunday. It sure didn't look good on Thursday night. So if anything, I just hope that Tua sits it on down and sits it on down for a while until everyone knows He's 100% healthy, and that's why when I look at guys like Andre James, Hunter Renfro, Nate Hobbs, all guys who have dealt with concussions with the Raiders, I mean, look, I want to see Nate Hobbs out there like the next person, but I want to also make sure that he's right. I want to see Hunter Renfro out there like the next person, but I also want to make sure that he's right. Andre James, he seems like he's right, but, you know, you heard from him earlier when Vinny talked to him in the locker room. He was like, man, I just didn't pass my last uh, my last test, so uh, there's that. You know, it's just it's one of those things, man. It's it, 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 You can't. You can't pick and choose when a guy comes back from a concussion. They only come back when they're healthy enough to come back. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the Rare Nation listener line. Let's talk to our guy Wayne right here in Vegas. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, how you guys doing today? Chilling, man. We're blessed. Good, good. Hey, just a few quick hits, man. Um, first one, it's kind of funny to me that after, you know, the Raiders spent the time and paid these guys, I'm talking about the Cars, the Wallers, the Renfro, uh, these are the guys that are struggling right now. That's first point. Second point, Derek Carr, I think, is the key to victory. Uh, he has some bad habits that come and go. And that, that one in particular, he likes to eyeball and stare down his receivers at times. I don't know if that's when the pressure's on uh, that he gets rattled like that and he, he begins to do that. But, I mean, if you're staring at the receiver from the moment you snap the ball, you already know what's going to happen with the defense. Uh, lastly, the offensive line. I'm not a big fan of this this rotation that they got saying that, you know, these guys have all earned their shot and blah, blah, blah. I get that. However, comma, 
you know, if you got five guys in there that are playing a whole game, that's where the cohesion comes. That's how you learn your your the guy next to you. That's how you learn his tendencies, and you guys can communicate and build that communication, build that rapport for the offensive line. If you guys don't have that, you're not going to get it going. Um, one more thing with the defense. Uh, there was a guy that they they didn't sign uh, in the off season that was on a one year contract from the last year. Darius Fylon. I don't know what is wrong, what the issue is, but he's every game that I saw with that guy, he's he injured, was causing though. havoc up the middle. You know, get rid of Billings and bring back Fylon. Okay, hey, thank you for the call. Just an update: Darius Fylon is injured. He hurt himself at the very end of the season, and he hasn't been back yet. Uh, he matter of fact, he tweeted okay. out just the other day that rehab was uh, was good. Yeah, I've, I've been watching him on uh, on Twitter. He's posting videos of his recovery, but still, that guy needs to be on the squad. I know, but what is a guy that's injured going to do for you right now? He comes back, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't think he's going to be gone because he was gone. What, he left early, uh, the end of uh, last season in the Chargers yeah. game. That's when he got injured, right? Yeah, yeah, the very end of the season, yeah. the Chargers game. Yeah, week 18. So, but, I mean, they, he, but, you, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, th thank you for the call. And, I mean, I do, but I don't. I mean, really, because, again, the guy's not going to help you, and not right now, and I don't know when he's coming back. He, the, remember, the Raiders brought him in. They brought him in for a, a visit. They checked out his knee. Nobody else has signed him either. I, I think that was a pretty bad knee injury because, remember, he had a second surgery. It wasn't like he just had a first surgery. I think he's going to be out for quite a while. It's almost like the Odell Beckham situation, right, where a lot of people said, go sign him, and I thought, well, you can't sign him unless you're going to make the playoffs because he's not going to really be use, you know, useful till then. So, I, I mean, he was a hell of a player. I do like him. I just don't think that he's going to be available for the Raiders anytime soon. So I'd rather go with a guy like Billings or anyone else that they have on the roster, that Bilal Nichols, any of those guys that at least are healthy and can go than a guy that's just sitting on the sideline taking up a roster spot. So I get what you're saying, but I, I honestly, until I know, I don't think he's going to be healthy anytime soon. So that, that's, just, that's just my two cents on it. But thank, thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187. Uh, keyword R&R. Important topic as we need to get our first win. Keys to our first victory here versus Denver are as follows. Our offense needs to not get into second as well in third and long situations. Also on offense, our receivers cannot drop balls. On defense, I'll say it again, our front four needs to cause havoc on Russell Wilson. Sacks and a few forced fumbles exactly what we need. Special teams, I'll, I will play a, a special teams I feel will play a big part Come Sunday, our punt coverage needs to pin the ball deep in Denver territory. My gut is telling me that field possession will be a factor in Sunday's game. Time to get this win, Raider Nation. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And, you know, when it comes to special teams, man, just kick the ball out of the back of the end zone. When they're kicking off, Daniel Carlson, don't even toy around with it. Just let them start at the 25. I'd much rather that. Even last week, it reared its ugly head. They kicked short, and the Titans returned it to, like, the 40 or 45. It got called back because of a penalty. But, man, you can't count on that penalty each and every time. I don't know what the reason is. I don't know what the failures are of the kick kick uh, coverage team, but it hasn't been good. Even going back to preseason, it hasn't been good. So until you can figure that out, I'd rather see that team start on the 25 than them start on the 45. So, yeah, I'm with you on special teams. Um, and and I basically, you basically echoed the same thing I was saying. Got to get pressure on Russell Wilson, and you got to stay out of first, or got to stay out of second and third and long. They're just they're, you, you have too many of those. It's going to be a long Long day. Let's uh, go out to the phone lines one more time. Let's talk to our guy, Passionate Raider. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What's up, Demon man? Here we go. It's Friday. Vegas getting turned up, man. Time to turn up the heat at home, Q. But you know what? My, my cues of the game are going to be, Q, 
Derek's going to have to move around and, and, and get three key first downs in this game. He's going to have to let that defense get a little bit, a little bit more time this week with the injuries we have on the defense. With, with the corner, is, is Hobbs playing? Did you say Hobbs was playing? Um, I'm not 100 percent sure yet. He's not ruled out, so that's a good thing. He's not ruled out. He was. Uh, he actually practiced in full today. Okay, because we're, we're we're gonna man, we're gonna need that offense to to get these three extra first downs today to get this defense some extra time, man. And, and I I really don't have a prediction. I don't have a feeling yet right now. I just want to see a competitive game, man. I just want to go out see these boys. Tell us what happened in practice, how good practice went, and translate it on the field. Play in one accord. Play for each other. Play for the nation. Let's just go out here and handle business and get these donkeys, man. I'm going to be on that water all day Sunday, Q, trying to <laughs> trying to bring home this big check the last one of the year. I'm, I'm Man, it, 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 it's a hectic week. And a lot of my mind's racing, racing. But I just want to see my boys go out there and be competitive, man. Don't let the fans down at home, man. We can't start out 0-4 and 0-2 at home. That'd be right. ugly. But another thing I was also thinking, Q, you know, we're looking ahead. But, you know, if this team continues to struggle and, and, and McDaniels is testing out his toys and what he has and we're at week seven and we're – we're 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 one in one in eight with our buy. I mean, I mean, man, is it time to really start maybe seeing what we can move around for 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 picks and places and whatnot? Or, or do we or do we say? And this is just me thinking. It's what I've been thinking in my head. Or do we say, okay, we'll go one more year with the ten-year quarterback because you can't you can't replace the coach after one year. The coach just can't go after one year this time, man. So that, that's just something I'm thinking to put in the air to see what you what you think about that. But let's just get a W at home this week for the nation, man. Come on, Derek. Lead this team, buddy. Have a good day, Q. Thank hey, you great call, on. Passionate. Thank you, man. And good luck out there on the water on Sunday. And I'll say this. Uh, I think there's no doubt about it that this team is going to, uh, you know, not be dismantled by week seven or week eight. I definitely believe that they'll be um, – the majority of these guys will all be back next year as well. Uh, I don't even want to start talking about next year. I don't think that that's something that they should be talking about. They need to worry about Sunday and worry about winning a game. Uh, as you mentioned, Josh McDaniels isn't going anywhere. Uh, you know, and the way that they've structured these contracts, like we've said many times, what it is, it's set up for that three-year window. Uh, they got to – Put everything together, see what they got, and uh, and roll. And I, I do believe this team is a very talented team, and they should have an opportunity to win a lot of games this upcoming year. Are they going to be a playoff team? It doesn't even matter at this point. Just got to get one W and try to stack another W. Speaking of W's, I'm at W's. B-dubs, Buffalo Wild Wings, Las Vegas Boulevard and Harmon, Miracle Mile Shops. Come on by. Coors Light just hooked us up with so much stuff. I got T-shirts. I got uh, I got glasses where you can uh, put your beer, your draft beer in. I got all kind of hookup. I mean, I got a lot of Raider Nation radio stuff. But the stuff that I got from Coors is even better, so I'm giving that away right away, man. So come on by, holler at us, say what's up. We're going to be here till at least 5 o'clock. There's every TV you want. Happy hour begins at 3 o'clock, and you know what happy hour means? Everybody gets happy. There's plenty of room at the bar, plenty of seats to choose. sit down and chill with uh, all your friends and partners and whatever you want to do. Come on by, hang out, talk some Raider football, and get hooked up with some prizes. Buffalo Wild Wings, Las Vegas Boulevard, Harmon, Miracle Mile Shops is the spot. The Raider Nation Radio, 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 
Buffalo Wild Wings, Las Vegas Boulevard, and Harmon. Miracle Mile Shops is where we're at right now. We'll be here till 5 o'clock, so definitely come on by. Happy hour starts at 3. We already hooked up some prizes just by coming by and saying, hey, what's up? That's all you have to do. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to enter a raffle. I have so much stuff that I can't give it all away. So come on by and get hooked up. Shout out to my man Diego who just got laced up with a, a nice little uh, koozie, got a nice little cooler. I mean, all kind of stuff. I mean, we got the real deal prizes. We don't have no rinky-dink, you know, find it at the dentist treasure chest-like thing. We got the hookups on the real prizes. So come on by and holler at us, and uh, we'll, we'll get you taken care of in a major way as the Raiders prepare for the Denver Broncos on Sunday. Speaking of the Denver Broncos, join us now on the phone lines from the AP is our good friend Arnie Stapleton. And, Arnie, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I do appreciate you. And the Broncos are off to a 2-1 start, but it hasn't been the prettiest 2-1 start. But still, they're finding ways to win games. What is the feeling around the team? What is the feeling around head coach Nathaniel Hackett? I think that um, they're, they're winning games, you know, fourth quarter comebacks uh, two weeks in a row. Um but they're doing it. They're they're winning because of their defense, and their defense is kind of what they're hanging their hat on until they can kind of figure things out with Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. And until that whole offensive operation gets going, they're going to continue to lean on a on a pretty good defense that's only you know given up. The, you know, I think it's the, the second fewest points in in the league so far. They're giving up uh, you know twelve points a game, and I think I think Tampa Bay at nine points is the only team that's better right now. Yeah, they are. And, you know, is that a little surprising to you uh, with Vic Fangio leaving and then all of a sudden the defense really seeming like it hasn't missed a beat yet? Not really. You know, Jiro Evero, the, the new defensive coordinator, you know, he's going to be a head coach here probably sooner than Nathaniel Hackett would, uh, would expect. Um, I think he's, you know, a pretty smart guy. And, you know, he, he stepped into a pretty good team. You know, they got Randy Gregory. That was kind of the gem of their offseason season you know, free agent class. Um, but aside from that, you know, um, the new coaching staff inherited a pretty good defense. Uh, Justin Simmons has been out uh, with, a, with a quad injury. He'll miss this game. He'll, he'll miss another game after that. So um, they're doing things right now without, you know, their star safety, and they're holding it together pretty good. So, you know, Patrick Sertan obviously is, is a big part of that, and Kareem Jackson uh, the grizzled veteran back there, um, but they're they're getting stuff done, you know, in uh, at their front seven too. Um, Josie Jewell, inside linebacker, came back and um, made his debut last week and just had a terrific game. You know, he's all over the place. Um, so they're they're getting it done in a lot of different ways, and it's not too surprising. I mean, you know, they, they, Broncos haven't had a lot of success around here since Peyton Manning retired, but they have leaned on their defense even in Peyton's last year in 2015. And that hasn't changed, you know, around here, no matter who's the head coach. And, and Vic Fangio left a pretty good uh, defense in place. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, again, we're talking with Arnie Stapleton from the AP here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, Arnie, one of the keys that I had to a victory for the Raiders, if they're going to win on Sunday, and that's a big if, they have to be successful on first down because that Broncos defense, as you know, is really stout on first down. What is it that they're doing that makes them so successful on first down? You know they're they're pretty good at they're pretty good at stuff in the run. You know they're doing like a lot of a lot of teams. I think are kind of copying the Vic Fangio blueprint that he did the last couple of years. And although Vic didn't have a lot of success as a head coach, he had terrific success. Uh, you know they were number one in in red zone defense his last two years, and this team is doing the same thing. Um, they're doing you know the quarters 
or the cover four uh, zone in, inside the red zone. And, and um, you know, until you get to the red zone, they're, they're still doing a lot of a lot of zones and a lot of mixing things up. I think we're seeing that across the league. I think that's why we're seeing teams with, you know, fewer points. But especially when you get down close, you know, teams are settling for field goals across the league. And that's really what, what Vic Fangio's sort of uh, – uh, legacy was, even though he, you know, he got fired as the head coach here. Um, so, you know, they're not just, they're not just good on first down, but you're right. They're, they're getting teams in second along, third and along. And then, you know, they're pinning their ears back when, when they get a chance, even though they haven't had much of a lead uh, so far in these three games, um, they are able to pin their ears back because the game is close. They're not chasing and teams aren't able to, you know, just kind of, you know, keep Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb off of their quarterback. Um, both guys are having terrific starts to the season. Um, I, I, you know, they've combined for five sacks, three forced fumbles. Um, it, it's really uh, kind of the strength of their team right now is that is that edge rush, and and a, and a lot of that has to do with the the way they're playing. You know, first down and second down, so that when they get to the you know third and, and long or the obvious passing downs, they're just uh, you know they're just pinning their ears back. Talking again with Arnie Stapleton from the AP here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary rough this. My man DeMond's got one for you. There are a lot of new additions on this roster and coaching staff for the Denver Broncos, but someone that is really new to the staff, only had one game under his belt, that's going to be Jerry Rosberg. What does his addition for the Denver Broncos mean, and what has he been brought in to do? Well, he's been brought in to help uh, the head coach manage the game. Uh, I think we saw um, in the first two weeks, and it wasn't just uh, – the decision to, you know, settle for a 64-yard field goal at Lumen Field where the, you know, the longest field goal ever kicked was 56. Um, you know, throughout that game and then especially in the, in the game at home against the Texans, there was, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, um, you know, he just he brought in a, a lot of inexperienced staff members, first-time coordinators on offense and defense and, a, and even a special teams coordinator that had one year of a, coordinating experience under his belt and it was like eight or nine years ago so um and then he, you know he had a couple of analytics guys that really hadn't done this at this level um and so they're in his ear everybody's in his ear and it was just kind of a chaotic um i'm talking about the internal communication much less the communication between nathaniel hackett and russell wilson but he was getting plays called in late you saw russell wilson you know kind of like hey hurry up let's get the call in and then by the time he did get the call they would rush from the huddle they'd get to the line of scrimmage he really didn't have a too much time to kind of survey the defense, decipher what they were doing, maybe audible to a better call. Um, so there was just a lot of this. Um, they were kind of chasing the, the play calls instead of, instead of being a step ahead and kind of saying, okay, you know, I expect this to get four or five yards, and now we're looking at second and five. You know, he was reacting a lot. So Jerry comes in, and, you know, he spends a couple, weeks, a couple days last week just kind of observing the operation, and then he agrees to – come out of retirement from Florida. You know, he's 66 years old. He's been retired for three years. Um, he, he did the same thing for John Harbaugh in, in Baltimore. And, uh, of course, he was also in charge of the special teams back then. But he's strictly coming in to help Nathaniel Hackett kind of manage the game. That's one aspect I think that Nathaniel didn't realize. Of course, he didn't, he didn't play his starters in the preseason, and so therefore he didn't communicate with his quarterback uh, un- until – you know, the opener at Seattle. And I think, I think he's realized now that was a mistake that maybe the players don't need the preseason anymore, but the a brand new coaching staff certainly does. And these are all young guys. Um, so, you know, I, I, I give him credit for bringing the guy in, you know, and, and 
I don't know that it sat real well with the rest of his staff. You know, he's got 28 other members of his coaching staff. I'm sure they were probably thinking, like, hey, why do we need to bring in a new guy to, to, <laughs> to handle this? But, look, you know, he brought in an experienced guy who's done this for 20 years not and didn't, you know, trust it to uh, one of his young guys that are just going through this the first time themselves. I know that the players, they have to go out there and win the game. They're the ones actually out there competing. But can you give a little bit of credit to Jerry for the Broncos getting that win over the 49ers on Sunday Night Football? I think so. You know, there was one There was one call. I mean, there was one play at his own, I think, 33-yard line. They were just inches away from the first down. It looked like uh, Russ had gotten the football over the, the line to gain. They said no. It was just an inch short. You know, I mean, there's there's – all kinds of ways you can pick up that, that inch, you know. But as much as Nathaniel was tempted to go for it, because remember, he's an offensive mind. He, he comes from the Shanahan coaching tree, you know, the, um, the McVay coaching tree, all of this, you know. So he's going to be aggressive. And usually the analytics are going to tell you to be aggressive on fourth down. But Jerry told him, no, this is a game that, you know, is going to be, I mean, it was an 11-10 to 10 game, the second 11-10 to 10 game in NFL history. And it was a field position game. And, and you had a punter that was just doing terrific six times he he, he buried him inside the 20 uh, out of 10 punts. And so um, it, it was just one of those games, 17 punts. It was, it was a game where field position was paramount. And so he talked him out of it and said, nope, we're punting, we're punting. And a little bit of surprising, you know, but that, that was, I think, key to, to, you know, for the Broncos to pull out that victory because then they held, and then that's when they had their one long drive of the night and they scored the touchdown. Um, you know, I think 75, 80 yards, they – they went in the 12 plays, six and a half minutes, and pulled it out at the end. And I don't know if that would have happened had they gone for it there. And let's say they don't get it. Well, now you've given them great field position. You're going to fall behind by a touchdown now. And, and who knows what happened. So I, I think Jerry's, whatever they're paying him, it, it paid off on, on day one or night one, as it were. So he's already uh, paying dividends for him. Arnie Stapleton is our guest. He's from the AP, covers the Denver Broncos like a glove. It's Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Wanted to ask about that Bronco defense, and Pat Sertan is fantastic. He's a hell of a player. He was a hell of a player coming out of Alabama, and he seems like he's only getting better. I'm assuming he's going to spend a lot of time chasing around number 17. So what does that do for Darren Waller? How do the Broncos match up with Waller if Sertan spends a lot of his time with Devontae Adams? I I think they're going to have to double up Waller. Um, You know, and that's the thing is you can't stick – Patrick Sertan on Devontae Adams the whole time because then you're, you know, there's ways you can beat man coverage. There's ways you can, uh, you can burn them on that. And so they're going to have to keep throwing something different at, at Carr. Um, otherwise, Carr will kill him like he's done, you know, pretty, pretty good for the last six meetings um, against the Broncos. Um, so I, I think that they're going to have to double up Waller and, and kind of hope that, you know, that they don't get burned elsewhere. And as you guys know, there's certainly that opportunity for them to get burned elsewhere. But uh, I think the one thing they don't want to do is for uh, Devontae Adams to kind of get back to that uh, uh, Devontae Adams that he was in, in week one, you know, and, and put up, you know, close to 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns. I think they'll be satisfied if they can, uh, you know, if they can throw a lot at him. And, uh, you know, maybe Devontae gets some catches if, if Patrick's not on him. You know, Patrick is a shutdown guy, but like I said, you can't just rely on, on – you, know, you can't just put him on their – 100% of the time on, on Devontae, you're going to have to um, mix things up, and that's going to be imperative for, for Derek Carr to notice when he's not on him and try to, you know, get Devontae the ball. Um, and, and like you guys were saying, you know, that, that's going to leave things open for Waller and, and on down the line. So 
it's going to be that's going to be one of the more intriguing aspects of this weekend's matchup. Yeah, it should be. I'm really interested to see the chess match that is. And uh, Arnie, just had a couple more questions for you. As far as the Broncos and their offense goes, uh, Russell Wilson hasn't looked like vintage Russell Wilson. He's not running around the yard. Do you expect to see things open up a little bit more for Russ after that that uh, drive, that last drive that he had against San Francisco on Sunday? Yeah, I certainly think so. You know, he's he's been playing inside of the of the tackles. He, he, I think they've been trying to play him like you know Drew Brees. Um, and and you know, look. You, the, the owners, the, the new owners of the team, Rob Walton and the, and uh, Greg Penner, um, you know they didn't they didn't turn around and give uh, two hundred forty five million dollar uh, contract, including fifty million dollars in cash, <laughs> to Russell Wilson for him to be throwing you know one touchdown pass a game or not even you know two touchdown passes in three games. I think they're going to open it up a little bit. Let Russ be Russ. You know um, he he kind of reverted to you know the guy that we've seen in Seattle all these years on that one drive where he, you know, he scrambles for a 12 yard gain. He steps up, um, he, he rolls left and on the run, he passes. I think it was a third, about a 30 yard pass to Kendall Hinton. I mean, um, and then he checks out of a run and he, and he finds Cortland Sutton for 19 yards down to the five yard line to, to set up the one touchdown. So, um, I think that series and, and the way he pulled it out at the end has to have opened up the, the eyes of Nathaniel Hackett and, and Justin out the offensive coordinator, and, and everybody in the building and say, okay, look, we do need to, for Russ to be a little bit more of the, you know, the off-schedule kind of guy, allow him to do that a little bit more. Now, it's complicated because they don't have right now a guy that can go over the middle. I mean, Jerry Judy needs to be that guy, and maybe Jerry will be that guy this weekend. Um, you know, he's dealing with a rib injury, so they've been hesitant to kind of run him over the middle. But they do need somebody else to show up over the middle. And Greg Dulcich, the rookie tight end, He's had a hamstring injury all through camp, and um, you know he doesn't come back until next week. So, so he's not there to, to kind of give him that outlet. Um, so Jerry's going to have to step up, but I think that I think that the coaching staff is going to kind of pull the reins back a little bit and let Russell kind of cook, so to speak. Final question for you, Arnie. As far as the one weakness or uh, area of concerns, put it like that, for the Denver Broncos, if there's something that the Raiders can exploit against this Broncos, in particular their defense, what would it be? Well, I think, I think the one thing they can exploit is probably on, on offense, and that is the okay. right side of the line, you know. Mm. Um, Billy Turner's not back. You know, he's out for the fourth straight game. Um, you know, he was going to be the right tackle. Um, you got Cam Fleming there, and then you've got um, Graham Glasgow at right guard because Quinn Miners re-injured or aggravated his hamstring pull. Um, so that right side of the line is, is a weakness. And it, it has been all season. You know, I think they have a pretty good offensive line, but they just haven't had a chance to get all those guys out there together and healthy. Um, and even on the left side, uh, the left guard, um, Dalton Reisner, is dealing with a, an ankle injury. You know, he, he turned his ankle in the last game uh, against San Francisco. So, you know, if there's, if there's something that you can attack, I mean, with, with Max and, and others, it's going to be that, that offensive line, especially if the Raiders can get a lead early. Or get up, you know, double digits. Then, then it's uh, all bets are off for the Broncos because that's a that's a big issue right now for them. There you go, right there. It could be a day that Max Crosby has a big day. It could be a day that Chandler Jones has a big day. Maybe he can show up to the party. Uh, so there you go. The offensive line of the Denver Broncos a little suspect. Well, Arnie, fantastic stuff, man. Thank you so much for the time that you gave us this afternoon. What do you have coming out on the AP that uh, we should be on the lookout? Maybe get a little bit more insight on the Broncos. 
I'm, I'm, I'm taking a, a big look at why not just in Denver, but across the league, scoring is down, yep. at least in September, and there's a lot of reasons for it, uh, including the fact that Nathaniel Hackett and others treat uh, you know September games as kind of an extended training camp, I think sometimes to their detriment. Uh, they had kind of a camp cupcake around here. You know, I don't think they got ready for the season like they needed to because they still had a bunch of injuries, and that was the whole reason to kind of go light on the guys and, and not have a lot of physicality in camp. But there's other reasons. Uh, again, the Vic Fangio has kind of left his, uh, his footprint uh, across the league. So not just here in Denver or in the AFC West, but you're seeing it across the league right now. So scoring is down, and, and, and it'll turn around. It'll turn around in yeah. October and November, I'm sure. But nevertheless, it's down significantly. It's down 10 points a game from two years ago. Now, granted, two years ago was the COVID year, and there was a lot of fans. So you had a lot of scoring. But nevertheless, the league likes scoring. Fans like yep. scoring. Quarterbacks like scoring, and everybody's kind of tormented right now by these low scores. 17 teams are uh, scoring less than 20 points a game, and, and that's astonishing. There was only, I think, seven teams last year that, uh, that did that in a, an entire season. So we'll be taking a look at that. Yeah, that's a good one, and I, I agree with you 100%. I, I've been talking about I think that more teams need to play a little bit at least in the in the preseason so that they don't treat September as a preseason. So that's definitely a piece that we'll be on the lookout for on the AP. Thank you so much for your time again, Arnie. We do appreciate you, and we'll talk to you soon. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, there he goes. Arnie Stapleton from the AP. A lot of great gems and nuggets that he dropped right there, including that piece that he's going to be putting out about scoring down. And you know who else is scoring is down? The Raiders. The Raiders scoring is down so far in 2022. Even though they have a lot of offensive firepower, it hasn't been clicking just yet. But very uh, thankful for Arnie. That was some good stuff right there. He provided for us a little bit of uh, insight to the Denver Broncos. We'll come back. We'll close out hour number one. We're at B-Dubs on Las Vegas Boulevard and Harmon, Miracle Mile Shops. Come on by. We've got all kind of hookup and swag right here on the table, and we're going to get you laced up. I mean, literally, you walk in and say, hey, what up? And we're going to just hand you something. We're, we're trying to give it away, right? We're not even trying to, like, do anything creative. We're like, take it, take it, take it. That's what we're going to do. We're doing it with Raider Nation Radio 920. 866-550-4352. Certain limitations may apply. Loans are subject to approval. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. And we are back. B-Dubs, Las Vegas Boulevard and Harmon, Miracle Mile Shops. Got a few minutes left in this hour. Come on by, get hooked up. We got all kind of prizes to get you hooked up with my guy Raider Levi. Just got laced up. He's from the 707. Shout out to the 707. He's out here getting ready for Sunday's game. Got a lot of folks that are rolling in here. Happy hour starts at 3 o'clock. You know what happy hour means, right? We always say it's happy hour somewhere. Well, guess what? It's happy hour here in a matter of minutes. So uh, come on by here. Hang out with us. My man Brian is over here. He got a Chicago Bears jersey on. He is trying to give out everything and anything at this table, and we have it all. During the break, I'll, I'll take a video of it and tweet it out at your boy Q254 and at r 920 AM. We got so much stuff, I don't know what to do with it. I really don't. And I'm not going to put it in my backpack and take it with me because that's too much. It's, it's already a country mile that I had to walk from my car to here. So I sure ain't going to be bunkered down with more stuff than I already have. But we got hats. We got sweatshirts, jerseys. Brian told me Brian told me there's even a onesie. If you're a onesie type person, DeMond looked up immediately. As soon as I said onesie, DeMond's like, yeah, I'm all good. 
What are you on a Christmas story? <laughs> what are you, Ralphie? No, 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 no. Don't don't believe him on this one, guys. I looked over at him. Demond's but- <laughs> eyes got so big when I said I have a onesie. He got so fired up. He's like Ralphie in, in Christmas story. He's not painting the proper picture, guys. I uh, oh, know. that really is a onesie too. <laughs> it's way too big for you, though, Demond. Look, look at the camera, dude. You, you, What's that? It's, it's one size fits all. What? It'd be a little that baggy on the legs. You. That will not fit you. I roll that up the sleeves. No, you'd have to. You'd have to put you on top of your shoulders to fit in that. Thing. You know what? Joe Media, it, it can't be that big. It is that tall. It is at least tall for like a human, a real what, human. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. All right. <laughs> I mean, like a real grown man. Like it's a, it's a grown man size. He not said, "I'm not even size. human." <laughs> No, but we got it. So, the point is, we have a onesie here as well. And it fits anyone but Damon. So, if you want a onesie, we can get you hooked up with a onesie. We got all kind of uh, glasses. We got the Coors Light Raider glasses. So, if you want to pour out your draft beer at the house or or in front of the, the TV while you're watching the game, you can. We got that too. Everything you need for your any kind of game, any kind of fight, any kind of sporting event, whatever you need, we got you. I honestly have never had this many prizes. At one time, I really haven't. Seriously, I've never. We have. It looked like we have lids over here. You know what I mean? Like it looked like we just walk into lids. There's so many hats. There's all kind of stuff. So just come on by, get hooked up. I, I believe me, I'm not that guy that likes to take stuff home. So I'm, I'm definitely going to give everybody that walks in that door. They're going to get hooked up with something. Uh, I did want to get to a couple texts and a couple calls real quick. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q&D, did you say onesies? Oh, man, I want that. That's from uh, Sir Whiskey Ray. Jason in Maryland said, sorry, Q, I respect the Denver defense and all, and I acknowledge what they've done so far, but who have they played? Just like last year early in the season, the Texans, Seahawks, and Niners, with Jimmy G barely getting any reps until that week is not a murderer's row of offenses, in my opinion. You're not wrong. You're not wrong, but all we can go off of right now is what they've done, right? I totally agree with what you're saying. They just – Hey, look, they've played three teams. I think San Francisco's defense is really good. So, you know, I mean, there's that. But, no, you're, you're right. I just uh, – I, I know that the Raiders haven't won a game yet either. So, uh, this is not a game that they want to try to experiment. They want to go out there and they want to click on all cylinders so they can get a W. So, yeah, you, you bring up a great point. It's not a murderer's row, but it's all we have to, to go off of right now. Um, got a text from the 530, an old saying that has a lot of truth. Close games are won and lost by coaching. That's fair. I think Josh McDaniels, matter of fact, he acknowledged that earlier today, that everyone has to do better, including him. Uh, one more text from the 530, keys to all games, red zone offense and red zone defense. That's fair. I, I could take that. I have no problem with that one. That's a good one. All day Raider A, and then we'll get a quick call in. Um, three keys to victory. Coach like you're hungry, play like you're hungry, and when you get a chance to eat, eat like you're starving. Get this W, guys. That's all day Raider A. Speaking of being starving, if you're starving, the place to be is where we're at right now, B-Dubs, Las Vegas Boulevard and Harmon, the Miracle Mile Shops. Come on by. Not only fill your belly up, wet your appetite, and, and uh, you know get a little bit of drink, and I mean any kind of beverage in your system, come on by and do that, and also get hooked up with some of these uh, outrageous prizes that we have. We have a lot of good stuff courtesy of Coors Light. Uh, just come on by, and uh, on top of that, at 3 o'clock, happy hour begins. So uh, you're right in luck. You're going to get discounted everything, and on top of that, you're going to get hooked up with a bunch of free stuff that I have sitting here at the table. We're in the back of the room. You can't miss us. I'm the loud dude. You won't be able to miss me or, or at least miss hearing me because I'm the loudest guy in the building. So just come on by, say what's up, and we're going to get you hooked up. Uh, we'll get to the calls on the other side. We'll take a quick break. We'll get to ABA Ivan Davis and the rest of your calls here on Red Nation Radio 920. 
Stay locked in with all your favorite Raider Nation radio shows from anywhere. We're committed to doing whatever it takes to win on and off the field. Listen live anytime on the Raiders app or on LVSportsNetwork.com. Join Raider Nation Radio 920 at Oyo Hotel.